What is today? It is Raw Day. Oh gosh, Raw. Raw Day. We are back. Aha! Aha! Monday nights, 8.30. Here we are. Raw. So how it's going to be is like you're stuck with me and Ben for like the first, I don't know, 20 minutes. Yeah, we're not sure. 20 minutes or so. Chad will be here eventually. And we're not prepared. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. How's everybody's Monday? (laughs) Right? It was a pretty Monday Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah. nothing seemed to like line up right. So Well I, I, I had a great morning. Did you? Yeah, a good morning. What happened? Got to talk with Dan Pugmire. We got to do a quick little video this morning. Uh yeah, very excited. You wanna share excited. with them about that message this morning you got? Oh my message this morning. Yeah, sure, I will do that. <laughs> it's um it's the little things like this that uh <coughs> that help solidify what we're trying to do here. Um, got a message this morning. Yeah, I'm going to bring the sucker in. After, uh, yeah. I'm bring it in while we're, while we're here. Extreme close up. Um, ah. And we got a, got a message this morning from a, from a gentleman. and uh, It's a veteran going through, I just had an open heart surgery. Has yep. an aortic valve. Uh, wasn't doing what it's supposed to do. And now he's got a mechanical valve. Uh, chest is split open, what, nine inches, he yeah, said? Yeah, about nine inches. But uh, uh got a message from him this morning. We're chatting a little bit. And, uh, you know, so, I, of course, like always, uh, thanked him for his service to our country, our awesome country. And uh, he said, thank you. For being an American worth fighting for, is what he said. And uh, I've had all day. But this morning, honestly, <laughs> I got a little teary-eyed. I was feeling verklempt. I was, uh, yeah, it was. It's awesome. Um, but it's a little, it's a little messages like that, the the things like that that help help set the day off. It's just awesome knowing that uh, knowing that. There's amazing people out there. There's heroes out there doing what they do just out of service of their heart, out of their passion. It's right. it's great. So yeah, that was cool. That was a nice little uh, nice little uh, up for this morning. It was awesome. And then seeing that cool blanket that June makes that, that yeah. June makes with that Warriors that Warriors twenty two Warriors twenty two. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out. Make sure you go check that out. And you'll be hearing more about it. She um, does a lot of awesome things. I think she's actually coming with 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 him on Wednesday. I think he said, if I remember right, I could be wrong. Maybe. <laughs> but anyway, so like, uh, so what are we starting this week with, man? Uh, starting this week with uh, holy beard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Melina. <laughs> it's been a day or two in the making. Um, no, this week's starting off great. We're uh, we're we kind of landed on uh, personal accountability, personal responsibility to kind of talk about. Uh, we had thrown a post out a couple weeks ago asking you guys what what are some topics you might like us to cover. Uh, for on the show and um, 
I had one that, that stuck in my mind on uh, breaking negative habits, breaking bad habits. And uh, we'll get some more uh, ideas from Chad, uh, our resident professional, when he gets here on that. We'll get some more ideas from him on, on exactly, you know, some tech, tech, technical terms and, and what you can do to break those negative habits. And uh, But it... It falls into personal responsibility. A lot of it does, and uh, being accountable for yourself. Um, I got a lot of bad habits I would like to uh, break, so I'm really excited to learn some tricks myself and what I could do to uh, to help stimmy some of those negative habits, if you will. Do you think it's really tricks? So, do you think it's really? A tr- it can be. Do you think it it's can. really a trick? Or is it just putting your mind to something and just doing it? That is the trick, is putting your mind to something. Because your mind has already built that pathway. Hi, Janet. Hey, Janet. And your mind's already built that pathway to to that habit, if you will. Yeah. Whether it's bad or good. So, yeah, I do believe it's a trick. I think you, you literally kind of have to trick your mind to jump in to a new avenue or a new pathway if you will and it's it takes it takes repetition it takes that repeat to create the new pathway to actually change the habit so yeah I do yeah it's it's gotta be there's gotta be a trick right there's gotta be see I subscribe to a different theory it kind of goes like what we were talking about this morning it's like how trying to label each one of us by like a certain thing it's not just it's just not how we work. You know, each of us is kind of our own little special recipe. And so like like drinking, you know, we'll use drinking for instance, you know, like there's a lot of other factors that go into it besides your will. You could will it all day, but if it's in your genetics, that fights even harder. So yeah. I could see where you need that so, toolbox of figuring out ways, yeah. you know, but some people, I, I, I think it's you need a lot that of special it is wrench. That, that personal accountability where holding themselves, rewiring your brain because exactly. Yeah. That's like the best way to put it is kind of rewire that, that thought process because for some reason we like to get in our comfort, like I'm just as guilty as the next person. I get in my comfort zone and I'm like. We think that's how it's going to be, or that's, I think, the biggest fallacy is, like, I think we spend so much time focusing on what we think we want at that, like, our Hawaii, you know, our our end goal, you know, be it 10 years down the road, but we don't realize that it's constantly shifting and changing. It's, like, still Hawaii, but we don't know what island we're going to land on, and so we look at things as disappointments and setbacks when they're not really setbacks, you know? We are all our own special recipe. Very, yes. Well, well, that's where she Mm -hmm. came in. Uh huh. But we are. We're like to say, I I, I hate labels. You have to. Well, and to to kind of clarify what Rude is talking about, there's a a plane leaves mainland and is heading to Hawaii. That plane is going to land in Hawaii, but it's actually only on course, on the specific course, what, five, 10% of the time. The rest of the time, it's off. Course. Trust in that journey, but the end result is Hawaii. So uh, yeah, just to clarify what Reed's talking about, as far as you know, that's our Hawaii. Yes, you will get there, 
but you got to realize you're not going to be on that preset course the the whole time. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're going to hit bumps in the road. You're right. going to hit turbulence, and that's just life. Right. You know, and... There's a there comes that per, you know another aspect of personal accountability is if you know um, what helps you you know and you're choosing not to do it or you're choosing to continue to go to your friends complaining even though you know what you need to do at what point do you got to look at yourself and go I'm an asshole you know I'm just sitting here asking the same questions just to be an asshole I know what I need to do I'm being stuck on stupid. You know, you can call it a stuck point or whatever you want to call it, but it really boils down to that interaction. And finally, like for me, it took me finally pulling my head out of my three points of contact and making the step to do it. And it sucked and it hasn't been a fun ride, but sometimes nothing in life ever comes easy. You know? Yeah. Or nothing that you appreciate ever. Like, if it comes easy, do you, do you appreciate it as something is, that you've worked hard for? You know? Right. I would think that. Versus like, oh, here's this brand new thingamabob. You know, you don't have to do nothing for it versus you going and buying that thingamabob for a thousand bucks. You're going to have a different appreciation because you worked for it and earned it. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm all like, oh, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being crazy. Like, I think that's about, that's kind of life. It's about kind of just not caring about the labels and stuff and just finding your spirit you know yeah finding something that makes you happy if it's being a goofball and making people laugh do it yeah if it's going and shaking somebody's hand or you see somebody that's bummed and you just want to make them laugh do it like kind of i would like to see this new year people like change for the good i'm i dreading this friggin uh election year I dread it like I hate the, all the stupidity and all the all the just negative shit and how people yes. get so it can get very negative yes. and how people get so ugly about it mm-hmm. they get so mm-hmm. ugly and instead of looking like instead of looking at somebody and going hey you know I don't care about your political your political thing it's not There's it Chad. doesn't define Hold you on. Chad uh, hold on. <laughs> Let me send it to you real quick. Um, we're live. I'm not gonna sell. It. I'm not gonna say it out loud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. One minute. Let, let's pass this phone number. It's eight six seven five three zero nine. Yes, it's seven five three zero nine. That's the number. Sorry. Oh, gosh. One, one second, guys. Yeah, we're. Because Ben can't text and talk at the same time. Not at all. It's all beard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, yeah, so like taking personal responsibility and accountability for what you're doing and what you're not doing, you know, I've been watching a lot of of the negativity going on and just even in day to day. Yeah, I kind of feel like social media is taking on this ugly attitude and some of it's bleeding into how people think they can talk to people just even in public, you know, um, at the stores and how they interact and how they interact with like 
their own family members when they're out in public and not even realizing how they appear to everybody around them. You know, and taking that personal responsibility of how you're acting and how you're presenting yourself. You know, as a veteran, I think all of us are under a microscope of some sense of, you know, if I'm out there, I'm a veteran and I'm out there being a dick. Sorry. Yes, too too many nutcases, for sure. (laughs) Sorry. I like nutcases. They make fun life fun. Right. But, see, this one made me lose sidetrack, but, or sidetrack, but, um. Just taking that responsibility for yourself. For yourself, and then not only that, but like, I'm one of my biggest pet peeves is like I'm so sick of all these shock YouTube videos where the the people's first instinct is to grab a phone and video it versus stop the shit. You know, like we see it doesn't matter where it can be in Europe, it can be in Canada, it can be here. Like you see the stupid stuff. See it a lot. When did like? My first instinct is not to go grab a phone and start like, oh, I'm going to video this. Like, when did that become the normal? Maybe you guys know, because, like, I don't understand the whole, that's our first concept. Yeah. You know? Oh, this guy's getting wronged. Oh, my goodness. Let's record it. Let's, you know. Or, like, yeah. the, you know, this guy's getting robbed. Yep. Or this man, this woman's getting assaulted. You know, and her husband just got knocked out. Like, here, let's take, let's record this. Like, when did it be okay? When did that become okay? Technology is wonderful. Well, that's my question. It's like, when did that become okay? Yeah. When did when when likes on your Facebook page or likes on your YouTube videos become more important than the person on the other side of the lens? Well, it's double-edged sword because then, say, an incident's going on and I happen to interject, but someone, somebody's video recording, you only see the the part where I jump in and pop somebody in the face or whatever, then I'm, I'm found guilty in the court of public opinion just because of that 10-second that blip that they right. see, not the whole where I was probably helping somebody. So, like, maybe that's part of it, too. Like, I, I just don't like it. I, it concerns me the future I'm leaving to my four kids. You know, as a, you know, when it was just me, I didn't have as many concerns. But now that I'm a father and I got two boys, two girls, it's a little concerning the world that we're leaving to them. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, I, I the moment my son was born, I mean, I, I will always remember that my first child. It's like, uh, it's like something just woke up. In the back of my head, they've been Are you woke. That just ugh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm upright. I woke up this morning, sure, but no. It it something just clicked. Something switched, flipped in the back of your head or front of your head, wherever it happens. And oh my God, it's all of a sudden you kind of you kind of get this sense of okay, wow. There's a lot out there. I mean, you're literally scared driving home. You've driven how many thousands of miles in your lifetime until until you put your newborn, your firstborn, in the back of the car and go take off down the freeway. It you, <laughs> it's a whole new level. It's it's insane. I mean, just that. The, yeah, that's what you want. You want what's best for them, and it's. It is. It's kind of sad that, uh, especially like we started with the election year, how divisive 
Yep. It can be even between family and friends, people that love each other. And it it can it can divide. <laughs> it really can, and it's it's kind of sad. It really is, because no matter what puppet on a string is up top there, we're still down here taking care of each other, being our own well, brothers. You know keeper. what makes me mad is it's not. It's not dividing us. We're, we're letting it divide. We're us. letting it. Yes, the media glorifies the media. They they oh, yeah. want to. They 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 throw out the news stories there that that are for that purpose yeah. for sure. This it's the high energy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is the high energy stuff. It's what gets the views. Oh, she's talking. The world has become more self centered. Oh, the Bible talks about these times. It is. It's true. You know, You know, without digging too deep into the whole faith side, I mean, there's a... If you're a Christian, you're called to action anyways. And so, without getting all hoity-toity, without, you know... Reed used to be a pastor, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> without, like, getting all deep into it, but, you know, there is a call to action. And, and I I tend to believe that, like, all of us are called to some kind of action. I, and we I believe, well, America is one of the most unchurched nations in the world. But we're also one of the uh, populations that have the highest amount of population that believe in a higher power, be it a god or, or whatever faith that you believe in but we also have one of the highest populations but one of the most unchurched and so it kind of leads me to believe that um, the churches have failed some of the modern day churches have failed to a certain degree in uh, we touched on that a little bit on Brothers Keeper and yeah there definitely are some stuff so I'm trying to tap dance a little bit without becoming there's some angst and animosity towards churches towards certain faiths and whatnot Um, exactly well there's a lot of people that have been hurt I think the key word for it is hurt I think that is one of the biggest reasons why uh, Christianity is hurting in America churches I should say is is people are hurt and I Sometimes you need a little bit more than just uh, we're praying for you. You know, that goes that goes pretty far, but it doesn't uh, necessarily feed you when you're down and out. When you're looking at the end of your ropes and you're struggling and you're you're scared. Like, I mean, we've all been there, and I'm sure many of you guys watching have been there where you didn't know how you were, what was going to happen. Your job wasn't secure. You know, where, yeah, you got a job this week, but you didn't know how secure that's going to be or for how long. Or maybe you could only find seasonal work. And when you're adding kids to that stress, it just compounds the amount of, the amount of pressure and weight on a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it is... It's uh, daunting. Brutal. Yeah. It, you know? Scary. Because, like, I'll be, I'll be straight up. You're talking... Like, I'm not just talking out my ass, guys. Like... I've had my dark times. I've had my moments where I was just like, everybody's better off without me. And before everybody's just like, oh, you can't think like that. It's selfish. No, like, unless you're in that boat, you truly feel that the world would be better without you. And that's kind of, for some, for everybody to understand that would be impossible because not everybody's going to be in that position. 
not everybody's going to feel that same low. My low might be not as low as your low or Chad's low. Right. But I've been there. But I've also known where to go get the Speaking tools. Speaking of Chad. And I've flaked. Hey, buddy. Kill me. What? Well, I'm making me drive out here. <laughs> well, you know. He's just angry today. We need to welcome another, Chad. We need to do another glitter thing. <laughs> Please stop pulling me over. I would not be angry. Did you get pulled over again? No comment. <laughs> what are we talking about? Dude, thank you. You're helping my quota because you're just lessening my odds. I appreciate it. I didn't get a ticket again. <laughs> no, we were just. I was. That's good. I was kind of just sharing a little bit, just about like. Uh, when I'm talking about people being depressed and stuff, I'm not just talking out my ass. Like, I've been there. I've been there where I felt like the world mm-hmm. would have been literally better without me. But I also, at the same time, I have to take responsibility and, and be honest that I knew places to go to get help and get resources and, and et cetera, but I wouldn't do it. But then I was sitting there in my little comfort zone of misery but it, and it wasn't comfortable, but it finally took taking the, taking that responsibility and taking that step to, to getting help. Right, okay, so... on that path. Right, so, and bringing that back around to, like I said, the personal responsibility, what are some of the tricks that you have learned to, to offset that? Well, see, as a veteran, I, I'm lucky in the sense that as a veteran, there are a lot of different groups. There's the CBT... That cognitive behavioral, you know, you probably know all the things. Yeah. Prolonged exposure, um, the well, the mindful mindfulness mind, mindfulness classes, and there's just a bunch of these different courses that I took, and they were great. And when I took the courses, they didn't mean shit to me because I really wasn't mm-hmm. in that mindset. But even when you're We're not in that, so was it was it because all this doesn't apply, apply to me? Because or I'm one of what? those like, okay, I'll be honest, because like in the counselors, like she was a sweet lady, but she kept they kept talking about yoga and stuff, dude. I think yoga, and I think of dudes in tights, and you know all that weird stuff, you know, like <laughs> okay. the, like the dude from that movie Couples Retreat, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at you, big peacock man. Yeah. You know, that's like kind of like, not for me, dude. Like, I just... All right, all right. So, it's just one of those, it's not your comfort zone. Like, and a lot of people have... Like, I have a friend of mine right now that I know of. He's finally gotten to where he's going to see a therapist, but that you build it up so bad in your head of what it's going to be like when you don't know, but you basically mind-screw yourself so bad that you're like, it's going to be so horrible because Chad's going to like... He's going to get into all these deep, dark secrets, and I'm going to spill all this stuff, and then it's going to be over, and then I'm going to be stuck with it for the next week until I see him again, and it's going to be awful. But it's not ever really that way. I don't... Is that fear of being vulnerable? Well, the few, well, the times that I've done the therapy and stuff, it's never been exactly what I thought it was going to be. And there was... Don't get me wrong. There's times that you're doing some of the work, and it's hard. And it's difficult, and it's, it's not, not easy. It's not easy when you're doing it's not, self-analysis. It's not like going to the doctor. You don't go and just get fixed. No. You go, and you learn tools and tricks to practice and 
apply to every single day. Yeah. And, well, it, you know, it's, and, and that's it's, daunting. That's daunting for a lot of people. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm living now. All right, I can keep doing this, fine. Do I really want to change up my whole future on what I do every day to, to, to be different, to be better? I mean, you know, it's, it's easier. It's easy to just, okay, well, just keep going like well, I'm going and live or <laughs> take that personal responsibility and, and realize that, hey, you know what? I am going to have to change some things in order to live better. Well, there's a, I think there's a lot of things, because like we've talked about it in the past, is the fear. The fear of people, what are they going to think of you? you know, what are they gonna no, think they're all going to laugh at you. you know, when they hear I'm going to the VA for, me, for mental health, you know, like, that stuff kind of, you know, at least like, at least the VA. You want water? Like, I, can, I can speak for the VA, but like they've changed their, instead of being their suicide hotline, the suicide prevention hotline, it's now the crisis line. Because it's not just for when you're suicidal, it's for when you're dealing with crisis or you're dealing with stuff and they can help you get to resources. Sure. But we still got to break that stigma that it's okay to call these guys up. They're not going to sit there and stick the van after you and put you on this radar where they're going to hunt you down. If that's a lot of that own, our own stigma that we're creating in our own head. That doesn't, I don't think it helps people. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that I guess the difference between those who want to use the tools and those who know what to do but don't do it is I, I would say there's a there's a resiliency factor um, you know it's interesting I could talk to someone who may have been raped and you know something so serious and traumatic as that and they're able to go through some counseling or something like that and two three months later walk away better feel empowered and so forth i could also talk to someone who may have been catcalled and whistled at and they have a drastically different effect where they can't move on for a year and a lot of that comes down to the resiliency of just people in general um and in truth, we have to learn how to build resiliency. Resiliency is not a skill that's learned anymore. Like, it's not taught that much. Resiliency is now something where it's just kind of, you know, we expect, I'll be careful I say this, but we expect almost things to be easy for us. We expect the world to be easy for us. And in part, in this world, in the United States, for the most part, it is compared to other places. And so the aspect of resiliency is hard. Because like I said, is then when all of a sudden something doesn't happen according to plan, it's a question of can we respond with resiliency? Can we respond with, okay, I'm not gonna let this rip me apart, pull me down, and keep me underwater. Yeah, like are you gonna hit with the, or are you gonna go with okay. the catastrophic? Like this is right. the end of the world. So how? Like, so as a father of young children, me, how? I mean, 
how are what are some tricks that we can sure. use to teach that resiliency to the to our children? I mean, we were just talking about our children earlier and how things change so drastically. You know, once you're a parent and your your focus shifts, well, and, and you know, one so of what the are, biggest things is we got to remember that like every little conversation is not going to ruin our kid. I mean, there's so many. I've, I find that more people are using too much kid gloves and not enough tough love um, because we want to protect our kids so much and I get it can I'm, you give us an example yeah I mean you know we're, we're focused more on being our kids friends because we're afraid that want me to move over no you're good we're, we're focused on more being our kids friends than it is about being tough on them and, and preparing them for the world you want them to fail now in high school, in middle school, in grade school, so they don't fail big later. So they learn how to deal with that. Right. And if they Build face if they face adversity, so so okay, so here's a here's a saying. Uh, everything a man does, and I, I probably even say woman, but I'll, I'll use men right now, because I can only speak for men. But everything a man does is in search for validation. Would you agree? See, he does that trickery right there. See, see, that's where he gets me. He suckers <laughs> me into this stuff. Would you agree, Reed? Because he knows I'm. He's like he knows I'm his the adversary. Just ask. I would, to a certain degree, yeah. Yeah. Give me an example where it's not. All right. So we agree. Sitting on the potatoes, <laughs> sitting on the couch, just eating potatoes. You know, there's a lot of stuff. But I mean, I to a certain degree, yeah. I guess I could see where from it has. jobs to money. To dating, okay. to working out, yeah. to relationships, to hiking a mountain, to climbing results. things, to Definitely jumping off waterfalls. Everything a man does is in search for validation, right? You say validation, I say results of some sort. Be it money, be it a pretty woman on their arm. or Well, nice I would say that drive. the results is seeking yeah. validation. Yeah, see, yeah, we're just play, we're just playing with words. You're just trying to avoid the answer, but okay. <laughs> if everything, everyone, if everything a man does is in search for validation, then how do we build validation? There's only two ways we get validation. What ways? I don't know, Chad. How? <laughs> uh, there you go. That's good. But anybody else? What, what do you guys think? How do we build validation? I build validation. Nice Rewards. Thumbs up. Rewards. Rewards. Yeah. Okay. Rewarding. Possibly. Yeah. Um. Validation is built two ways. One, through conquering through conquering an obstacle that we thought once was difficult. AKA that's why we push ourselves to the limit. We try to push our bodies to the limit. We try to push ourselves to see, can I do this? And then when we do it and we overcome, yeah. hey, we feel a sense of, man, I did that. No, that makes sense. It's kind of like when you're doing the runs and you're, you're right. training. Your first time you're doing like a mile or two. And then right. the next time you're doing three. And each time you're building up that internal confidence and that, that belief. And, and 100%. Yeah. And then the other way is other people that we respect in our lives affirming us yeah saying hey Chad you're a good dad you know hey you good know. job Chelsea <laughs> words Which, of affirmation yes very good yes you should pay attention good job um, but words of affirmation building us up 
And so a lot of times what we, we're so scared, especially with our kids, that we're afraid we're going to damage them or hurt them, that we are so scared of giving them the tough love. And if they don't get the tough love now, then they, they don't fail now. And we want them to <coughs> fail now because then we can teach them to bounce back now. If we teach them to fail later, they've lost the ability to bounce back. They quit the job. They quit the college. Most people, and in fact, the statistics is now, if you drop out of college now, compared to if you dropped out 10 years ago, most people don't go back to college. We have become cupcakes of society. Or our children are becoming cupcakes of society. Well, that, and I think, like, kind of touch on another aspect is, like, of how that affects is, like, um, words of affirmation. Like, if you as a child, didn't get that kind of reinforcement as a child of the words of affirmation and, and you created not some other um, coping skill, if you will. Sure. It, and it might not be a healthy one. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, and yeah. So, like, where a word of affirmation for one person would be building them up for a person that didn't necessarily get that growing up but always wanted it and just chased it when they do get it it feels weird right you know what I mean so like it's, almost to the point where you that's why that's, that's, why, I'm, that's why I'm always so yeah. big on the anti because like I feel like there's so many different angles to it because I've seen like where some people they just need that attaboy and it Sends that puts them on cloud nine. Oh, there's definitely is. You know, but I mean, the other aspect is, is we're so scared. Coming from a counselor, obviously, but we're we're so scared in the fact that we're afraid every one of, every one of our kids is going to kill themselves, or try to hurt themselves, or do something like that. That we're so afraid to talk direct to them, you know, and. I don't have that problem. <laughs> well, and you may not, but I'm just saying like... Sorry. Well, Sorry. and your kids are still young. Yeah. You know, but we're we're afraid to talk direct to them because, I mean, I know Sarah mentioned earlier, and my heart goes out to you, Sarah. If there's anything I can do, just message me afterwards. But you mentioned your 13-year-old uh, daughter has thoughts of suicide, you know? And so that's definitely... That's awful. A, that's a burden that we deal with on a daily basis. And so there's a feeling of like, I can't... Well, I better parent, not. What if? What if I push her too hard and I tell her to do right, the dishes, parent, or I do this, that stuff kind of or if I me. do that, or I do this? But the idea well, is I that it does scare me because, like, and and it should. But at the same time, there's a level of resiliency that has to be built in our kids. And the reason why our kids struggle with that depression and that suicidal thoughts outside of trauma is because they never learned that resiliency as kids. They were learned to let's coddle them, let's take care of them, let's, you know, those kind of things. So uh, I've shared this with some people, um, so this may not be new, but I'll share it with you guys. In, in certain parts of Africa, to this day, they still have at 13 years old, a man has to kill a lion. They exit the tribe and they're not allowed back into the tribe until they kill a lion. That's pretty cool shit right there. That's like, at 13 years old. That's like Spartan shit right there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, what do you think the percentage of, let's say, 113 year olds leave Africa, go, leave this tribe, and go kill a lion? What do you think percentages of the ones that come back? I would say it's probably pretty high. Like, I would say in the 80 percentile. I say 50. It's 90. So yeah, it's close. actually close to 93 percentile. Why? 
Because when you know this is what definition of manhood, this is what you're preparing for, then at age five, you're trying to grab a cobra. At age eight, you're trying to kill the wildebeest, you know, kind of thing off a horseback right. or something like that. You know, trying you're... Trying to hunt rabbits and you, stuff. You're, you're, you're prepping yourself for this purpose, you know, and... Okay, so would you say, I mean, in today's society that... We don't have that. We don't have that. So there's no... This is what it is to be a man. Exactly. Or or, or, or to be an adult. To be an adult. And so therefore, I mean, our driver's license, any idiot gets that. Right. I mean, they gave it to me. (laughs) According to cops, I shouldn't have one. (laughs) But there's no definition left out there to define that role and so then resiliency is never built up and so here's the coolest part about that African tribe is that no matter what happens the rest of their lives let's say Zandago that's a name made up yep okay so let's say he be John well (laughs) I don't know if they have the name John in Africa in this tribe (laughs) So anyway, you don't know if they got Jean Dongo either. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's a better I, chance I, I that digress. they have that than they have John. But anyways, let's say he, for the rest of his life, does nothing. He's never questioned about his manhood or about his validation of who he is because he killed the lion. Period. Because that's their standard. That's their standard. That was their setting point. And, but rarely. Do any of these people not do anything afterwards? In fact, they become the leaders of their tribes. They become the warriors. They become the hunters. They become... Why? Because now they have that validation of, I did this, well, now society, I can go do that. society has roles, right. too. Like the warriors that... Like Craig put in there like for no good reason, but there actually was a reason. It was to set up the social hierarchy. Exactly. If you didn't do this, then you weren't part, worthy of being part of that tribe. It's kind of... It's no different if you, know, if you don't go... Th- through the police academy, you can't be a cop. Right. If you don't go through the fire academy, you can't be a fireman. You don't go through basic or boot camp, you can't be in the military. Like, it's just, don't go, like... You, you don't go kill a lion, you can't be a man. Chad just didn't wake up one day and go, I'm a counselor today. I have all what it takes, and I'm going to be a counselor. No, it takes, it I took did. work. I just didn't have the degree yet. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, well, okay, let me rephrase it. He didn't go out there and go, I'm just opening up my... my office and here we go here we go right well and and like I said so there's a level of resiliency that's missing in society and that resiliency is I mean okay so I got up this morning and I started uh, working out with a partner kind of thing at uh, 4.30 in the morning 4.45 this morning and I had the option of yep let's hit this news button and go back to bed or there's a level of resiliency to say, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep going. You know, that aspect of resiliency is missing. And that's why resolutions are missed. That's why goals are missed. That's why those things are missed. Because in order for us, what's what's a resolution? What's a resolution? Yeah. It's a statement of, like, I'm being... It's resolved like, to is, do this something. This is what I'm going right, to do. Right, but what a resolution really is is sacrifice. So if Ben... You say, I want to drink a gallon of water a day, then you're sacrificing other things that you would drink. 
If I say, you know what, Chad, hey, I want to get my beach body shape going, so I'm looking Matthew McConaughey-esque later on, it'll happen. Anyway, if I'm saying that, then I'm saying, no, I'm not going to have sweets. I'm sacrificing something for something else. I'm dying to... It doesn't have to be... It's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not. It's a good thing. Because you're sacrificing something for a time so you could go after something else that you feel is more healthier or better for you. Or maybe it's a new job. Or maybe it's I'm going to sacrifice myself of the burden of, of, of saying yes to everyone else so I can learn how to say yes to myself. It's a sacrifice. And that's the hard part of resiliency is we have to learn self-discipline. And self-discipline means we have to learn how to say no to ourselves. Or no to other things at times. So I did have a question. What do you know about EBM? You think it's EBMR? EMDR. EMDR. What do you know about that? I've been hit up with a few questions about that. What do you know about that? <laughs> just so, just a general overview in case people are wondering. Because I've had I've heard it's electrical shock treatment. Uh, nope. And uh, a few other other things, which was kind of funny. But what? Because I've heard I've heard pretty successful things about that treatment. Um, I don't I don't know anything about that. EMDR came about because it became a uh, form of uh, trauma therapy focused. It's uh, eye movement desensitization, uh, rationalization. So what it is is it's bringing forth past memories that have been repressed to one degree or another. Um, and um, I say that not not that I'm saying it's bad, not that I'm saying it's good. I just think that sometimes, and I've met some people who've done really good with EMDR, and I met other people who've had addictions and went back to addictions because I believe sometimes our memories are repressed for a reason because we're not ready to deal with them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of the new. kind of like the new trauma therapy that they want to put out there uh that's so funny it's written all over chen's face yeah um it's it's kind of like the new trauma therapy that was put out there where it's it's the form of insurances and other places like that want people to start doing it because it's supposed to be quicker Mm. um it's that idea of let's get to a quicker result um, and so I would say that that's that's probably how I feel about it is uh, jury's still out jury's still out well you know like, well, I, I, correct I me if I'm pretty, wrong but so, CBT has been something that's been studied for years and has tons of uh, evidence based research that's not saying that uh, EMDR doesn't but it's only been around for a brief amount of years that's I'm familiar with the CBT, right? Because that's and the, talk there was therapy another one too, the, and then therapy. like the wellness, you know, I, I, mindfulness. I, I really, yeah, the mindfulness. You know, I, I wasn't until I took the classes, right? And I took the second step of it at the VA, and it's like basically sixteen weeks of it is what I took. Were you doing EFT? I don't remember all these stupid therapy. Yeah, I think it was. We tapped. Yes, yes. And saying affirmations and all that? Yes, yes. And I'm, realigning I'm, your meridians? See, I... See, I don't know about... I don't... Realigning that stuff. See, because I'm... 
I'm not. I'm, I'm the same shithead I am to them that I am to you guys. Like I'm argumentative. I like playing the game. Jury's still out whether <laughs> they recommend it, it Craig. Uh, I feel like talk therapy is very effective and helpful. Um, so I'm not all about EMDR yet. Um, so jury's still out on that. I don't. I know a lot of therapists that do it. I know that you know some that don't. I wouldn't say it's wrong, and I wouldn't say it's right. I would just say that. Be careful, because I know I got, I don't know, probably some repressed memories that I don't even know where they're at um, kind of thing, and the last thing I want to know is someone well, digging in my brain and, it, but and like, finding out some things be. that I don't need out. Um, and it's one of those things, like, once you open up that can of Your feedback's is it, is very it, similar. Is um, it, how hard is it to... Same with brain spotting, for that matter. You know, say I start that pro that MBA, the whatever it is. EMDR. Start that program, and I'm like, wow, this is too heavy for me. Is, is it like opening Pandora's box? Where Could it's be, like, yeah. I mean, I've had some people who've gone because they wanted to get, uh, recover past memories of their father, and then they had a memory pop out that they were abused as a kid by somebody else. And they were not ready for that, and that sent them into a spiral. Um... Here's the thing I know, okay? And if you're going to try EMDR, I'll just throw out this caveat. If you're going to try EMDR, make sure it's with an EMDR certified therapist. Um, one, I'm not that. And two, you have to make sure you have a like a significant rapport with that person. I'm talking like you've been going for six months because EMDR is all about trust. If you don't have a significant amount of trust with that person, they should not be digging around in your brain. Saying like right there, you kind of hit it right on the spot with me. Where it took me like because we've talked uh, like I've had my I've talked had my guy for going almost two years. It took a good six months before I even really opened up to him. Before we really started even working on anything, you right. know what I mean. So like it's one of those things that takes time to build that relationship. So that's definitely me, something that's I want to throw out there. If anybody's thinking about starting with a therapist or a counselor, search out, go to different ones. I mean, get one that you trust. Yeah. And can and be comfortable with. And just because you don't think of a therapist the a lot one. like a car. You know, you you want to pick a car that you're going to be with for a while that, you know, it's, even after you overcome issues, you you should see your therapist as like a uh, um, a family therapist. That like, okay, maybe you don't see him for another year, and then all of a sudden, Joe and the family has a problem, or somebody has a death in the family. I've had people who I haven't seen in two years, and they call me up and go, "Hey, Jeb, we had a small issue. Can we pop in?" Yep, and they may come for like four weeks, six weeks, be better, and then I don't hear from them again. I get calls to. Uh, invitations to graduation, stuff like that, see the kids graduate, and then I may even go on to counsel their grandkids or things like that. Um, it's kind of like choosing a lifelong doctor. I mean, you know, um, I don't know. I think that's very important. Um, and most of the time when I see a family, I see all of the people associated with that family, their referrals, everything else as well. Um, so yeah. So yeah, get find somebody that you trust, drive with. Well, I mean, yeah, Sarah, if if you can't talk, you know, because of you have never developed the basic foundations, how do you start? Well, I mean, are we talking about your thirteen year old daughter? Or are we talking about an adult? It all depends. I mean, 
I have multiple ways I start with people. Sometimes I'll just play music. If, if they like music, I'll play music and we'll just start talking about music. And then we start talking about the lyrics and the lyrics are deep. And then we start talking about the lyrics and I ask them how it connects to them and, and so forth like that. And then next thing you know, we're talking about their life without them even knowing it. You know, it wasn't like I, Mr. Miyagi'd you. I just, you know, hey, let's put you in a comfort zone. You know, I would say that if you can't discuss the basics foundation, it's because you're not comfortable enough to do it. And so it's the therapist's job, and if you can't find it with the therapist, then it means you're with the wrong therapist, but it's the therapist's job to find a way to connect. I mean, some teens, they don't want to talk to me. I mean, most teens don't want to come in and talk to me. I mean, you know, it. so I'll find different ways. I mean, you can sit outside my office, and you might hear Eminem blasting, or you might hear Drake, or you might hear us talking uh, about sports or watching highlights or sometimes I mean I've even sat with the kid and uh watched part of March Madness with him during the session and next thing you know we start talking and he starts telling me about you know his relationship with his father and stuff like that you know you just it's about finding a bridge that's that's the therapist's job is to find a bridge that connects um, to connect to the person, because once you find the bridge, then you can walk over, and it's easy to start having that conversation. I think, of, I think something that you kind of sell yourself short on is you're authentic. That's the one thing. Like with my counselor, he was authentic, and that's something like I can see in chat. Like who he is now is the same dude that we sat in Buffalo Wild Wings talking about the show versus sitting in his office when we were doing the Strength to Thrive walk. It's like. Well, yeah, I mean, I imagine that has to play with you. Definitely want to feel like someone's real with you. You know, I don't, regardless of who walks into my office, I don't play a front. Well, I mean, some people, you know, you know how some people just play the over-excitedness, and that's just, you know, right. and some people just... No, I mean, come to my house for, well, Ben saw it. He come to my house for New Year's. You know, I'm... Exact same person. He knows how to throw a party, guys. Just saying. <laughs> That's a hell of a party, man. You know, Reed blew me off. But, you know, <laughs> well, uh, no, but you come to my house for New Year's or, or for anything else, I'm same guy through and through. Um, and that's why I think, like, with personally with my office, one of the things I do is I think that's part of the reason why we do what we do. We host, you know, you know the Strength to Thrive, we host the Fourth of July. We do all these different things, a Thanksgiving deal, because I want people to see, like, hey, this is us. Like, this is this is Leah, this is Rebecca, this is Chad, this is Katie, this is Nicole, this is, you know, who we are, at the core of who we are. And get us in a different environment, we're still the same people. So what made you pick therapy as yeah. your calling? Yeah, that's funny. Um, just out of curiosity, just... So, I mean, it suits you. Off but, topic, but uh, I'm just kind of curious. Cause... <laughs> so, uh, I was a youth pastor, obviously before I mentioned that, and my wife and I were driving down from Seattle to pick my mom a dog up, um, in uh, I think Twin Falls or Idaho Falls, um, and uh, the aspect was. Drove through the night, and uh, we're getting somewhere. I 
think close to maybe Pocatello. I don't know where I am. But anyway, we're getting to Pocatello and you know, she's like, so you want to be a youth pastor the rest of your life? And I go, well, you can't have a shelf life as a youth pastor in my eyes. You can only do it as you can relate to youth. And she's like, okay, so like, what do you want to do? She's probably probing me like, you have like a life plan here? Uh, are you just going to play foosball and drink Slurpees the rest of your life with kids? Um, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I never really thought about it. And she was like, I don't really think about things until a new idea pops into my head and goes, okay, that sounds good. Let's do it. So she's like, well, what do you like about it? And I go, well, I like the one-on-one, you know, kind of counseling aspect of it. I mean, I, I like the games and stuff like that too, but really just like the one-on-one type stuff and just get to be me and just hang out and talk to kids and she's like oh so you want to do counseling I go yeah I guess I don't know never really thought about that either well she went into the rest area to get like makeup on and change her clothes or whatever I sat out in the car and she came back and I was registered for my master's degree (laughs) all right and that was it it's about the that's pretty much about how I pursue most things in life. That's why you have a seven-week notice when I, about strength to thrive right. and mm-hmm. suicide prevention walks and sleep outside. You get seven days and everything <laughs> like that is when the idea hits me. It's like, okay, cool, let's do it. So trying to work within everyone else's boundaries and reasons of needing more time. Uh, but Jennifer, Jennifer told me this morning that I am a... Uh, procrastinator because that's I thrive off of chaos and there's probably truth to that um, whereas some people may procrastinate because they're perfectionists or other people may procrastinate because they need it done a certain way or or they're just anxious about the yeah. results or worried about how other people are going to perceive it or anything I procrastinate because the more less of a deadline I have it's fun to go crazy to make it happen the better the better I do so that's just kind of how that works. Well, I'm like, well, I've, it's working for you so far. So far. I was, I was surprised with the suicide prevention walk, the strength of thrive. I was, dude, that was a pretty impressive amount of money you won, you raised in. They raised. No, d- d- it, well, if you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have organized it, it wouldn't have happened. Okay, sure. So, therefore, because of your organization skills, I was pretty impressed, like. It's still the largest one-time donation that they got. In the history of the Idaho Hotline? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm glad that we got to be part of that. No, that's cool. That's cool for sure. You know, and Shannon's right. That's pretty much how I do everything. I mean, the New Year's Eve party was thrown together with probably three days before uh, shopping, and that was that. And everything else, same thing. It's just that's kind of how I roll. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck with that, Shannon. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, she just along on for the ride. Um, but no, going, going back to the resiliency factor and, and going back to just kind of the topic of personal responsibility. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that that's what, what the theme is. It's, it's the theme for the month is more like personal responsibility, accountability, like self-checking yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's kind of the idea because there's a lot of things we can talk about under this banner if you will right. sure like breaking negative habits okay where does personal responsibility come into you know breaking it and we were talking to him earlier before he got here and we were hoping maybe you'd have a, 
a trick or two you could share with up. us to break negative. Oh, yeah, to break. You know, that cycle, that negative give me, habit. Give me, give me an example. An example. Of the adventure. Um, I think Chelsea does it. A uh, cigarette after you eat. Having a what? A cigarette after you eat. You All right, so... Oh, yep. After you eat, go out and have a smoke, right? That's so just, one of the biggest of things, things to break the negative pattern of that is first got to identify what's what's giving you... what's what's What does it give you? Everything we do in life gives us a purpose or, or, or we do it for a reason. You smoke for a reason, drink for a reason, drugs for a reason, seek out a job for a reason all everything we do in life has a reason a yell for a reason there's something to it or so you validation. got well sure <laughs> uh, probably an argument yeah so the reason so we have to ask ourselves what's the reason why we're doing whatever it's doing so if you're smoking what's what's the reason is it stress is it just basic habit of hey this is what you've seen all your life is after dinner you walk outside you light up you smoke and that's that what, what is that reason? So that's the first part. Okay. So identify the reason. Identify the reason. First. I feel like in the sermon series. Right. So identify the reason. <laughs> well, we're trying to help people here. <laughs> no, you're fine. Identify the reason. Second thing is, is then you have to understand, okay, so now that you have identified the reason, is, okay, what else can replace that feeling? What else can take that feeling away? So there had to have been at least one time in your life or times in your life where you don't feel the need to smoke because you're fine. So ask yourself when that happened, okay, when when I chose not to go to the cupboard and maul down the Oreos or be, or when I didn't go to the liquor cabinet or when I didn't go to the uh, cigarettes, what was different in my life then? Okay? Was maybe it was I had a healthy relationship. Maybe it was yeah, I don't know. I had I wasn't lonely. Chances are you're smoking or you're eating or you're doing any of those addictions for these five reasons. You're bored, you're lonely, you're angry, sad, stressed, or sad or stressed, or you're tired. Those are usually the five reasons, emotional reasons why we seek out different negative behaviors. Once again, we're bored or we're burned out. We should be putting that in the group. What? Your list. Oh. Yeah. L, you're lonely. A, you're angry or feeling alone. S, you're sad or stressed. Or T, you're tired. So if it's one of those reasons, now you just got to write the deprogramming sequence of what am I going to do. So just to reiterate, blast. B-L-A-S-T. Bored, lonely, angry, angry, stressed, alone, sad, stressed, or tired. So, you know, for example... um, I drank a lot in college, and when I drank a lot in college, I didn't want to become a problem after I got married and so forth like that. So before I drink anything, I ask myself that question because I don't want it to be a negative behavior, if that makes sense. I don't want my drinking to be a negative behavior. I mean, I enjoy libations just as much as anyone else because I like making cocktails, and it's a nice little fun little activity for me. But I don't want it to become something that's detrimental or anything like that. So I'll ask myself before I drink internally, hey, Chad, are you drinking because you're bored? You know, and if the answer is, no, I'm not drinking because I'm bored. Okay, great. Continue on the next question. Hey, Chad, are you drinking because you're lonely? No, I'm not lonely. I like myself. Uh, Okay, continue on the next question. Chad, are you drinking because you're angry? 
No, I'm not drinking because I'm angry. Hey, Chad, are you drinking because you're alone or feeling abandoned or anything like that? Nope, I'm not. Okay, great. Continue on the next question. Hey, Chad, do you feel, are you drinking because you're sad? No, can't think I'm sad. Hey, Chad, are you drinking because you're stressed? Oh, yeah, I am stressed. Okay, don't drink. Now I got to go do something that takes away that stress that's going to be better. Throw an axe, break something, yell at the top of my lungs. Go shooting. Journaling, go yeah, shooting, whatever. And then uh, I don't drink that night. Or, but if it's like, hey, no, I'm not drinking because I'm stressed. And hey, Chad, are you drinking because you're tired? Nope, I'm not drinking because I'm tired. Then I'll say, okay, great. Have a drink. And I'll drink. And that'll be that. Same idea. If you can answer that question, every time you want to go have a cigarette, am I, drink, am I smoking because I'm bored? Am I smoking because I'm burned out? Am I smoking because I'm lonely? Am I smoking because I'm angry or feeling abandoned or ashamed? Or am I smoking because I'm sad? Or am I smoking because I'm stressed? Or am I smoking because I'm tired? And if the answer is yes to any of those, don't smoke. And guess what? You won't be a smoker. Instead, you write a deprogramming sequence right. for that. So there you go. Um, Craig, can you give me an example um, to answer that? I mean, if one's worked your entire life. Well, I mean, I guess the definition... Is it really working if, no, if that's it's not healthy? To answer your question, if you used it all your life and... I guess if you're saying like, well, what if we're talking about exercise? You use exercise all his life. Now, I think you can do it for the wrong. But could exercise be an unhealthy coping skill? Yes, Yes, it can. That's that's what I mean. Like I think could shopping be an unhealthy coping Mm -hmm. skill just because you did it all your life? Yes, you it can. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be an unhealthy coping skill, but the reality is is that we. in order to define whether it's unhealthy is we have to ask ourselves what's our motive for why we're doing it. You know, what's what's the reason behind it? And if the reason is, well, we're doing it because... Well, like, he's, he's, he's using the example of, like, work. He poured himself into work as his coping mechanism. Well, and So that really wasn't a coping mechanism. Chances is, is that if you poured yourself into work, then the... the probably the chances that you started to get burned out and it probably manifests itself in other ways and other behaviors um because work can only take us so far uh enjoying work or things something like that's happening then it starts to manifest itself in other behaviors maybe you start to you know and that's the reason why when it comes to behaviors or, or things like that with addictions we don't try to address the addiction we try to address the root because otherwise you're just Okay, I can get you to stop drinking. I can get you to stop smoking. But if I just use the behavior, guess what? Where's that stress coming from? You're going to pick up up something else. All right, so now you're not smoking, but now you're, you know, chewing. And so, you know, those kind of things. And so it doesn't, it has to change. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't change, then that's kind of where it goes. And so going back to your question of, you know, how do you change that negative behavior? Is like I said, is first. What? What? Nine thirty. It's nine thirty. Okay. How how do uh, last five minutes here? How to change that negative behavior is you identify what it is, and now that you've identified what it is, all right. So figure out a deprogramming sequence. 
you know, what does that deprogramming sequence look like? So if it's, I don't know, maybe it's pornography or something like that, then okay. Instead of getting on my computer when I'm lonely, because that's obviously not gonna work out well, or getting on the TV, I now call up Reed and say, hey Reed, bro, I'm kinda alone tonight. You wanna go hang out? Reed says, sure, let's go kick it by the bonfire. Great, so now I don't feel alone. I've met that need. If I feel bored, well, I gotta do something that decreases my boredom. You know, make your life a little more adventurous. Do everything backwards for a change. You know, eat breakfast for dinner. Uh, you know, do something that's outside of your routine and your cycles that, so it changes everything up. Um, if you're lonely, like I said, reach out to friends. Get involved in a friend group. Meetup, www.meetup.com, great resource. I, when I was in Seattle, I used it. Uh, I didn't have many friends or anything like that. I just went there on my own and, you know, I signed up for our Ultimate Frisbee group, hung out with them, played some Ultimate Frisbee, had a good time, and then met some friends, and then we just started going to the movies, stopped, ditched the group, and did it my own thing. Meetup's a great thing because it's not a dating site or anything like that. It's just people meeting over hobbies, and that's it. Um, and definitely a way not to feel alone because it's other people who are just meeting up. If you're burned out, maybe you gotta ask yourself, do I really like the job I'm doing? If you're uh, angry, if you're angry, well, you gotta ask yourself what the hell you're angry about. If you're angry at, at someone, go address that person and tell them you're angry because the only person that hurts by staying angry is you. And you're gonna continue to harvest that behavior and that, that problem as it, as it continues. Um, if you're sad, ask yourself why you're sad. You know, am I sad because girlfriend left me? Am I sad because I'm alone at Christmas? Am I sad because whatever that reason is? You know, well, and you know, it's kind of funny bringing that up because, like, what about back in the camera? Oh yeah. <laughs> what about? Um, see, you made me totally brain fart on that. But what Sorry. about like? Um, Choosing, uh, he totally made me the whole having to shift the camera. If I would have shifted it, I would have remembered it. Um, but these, um, these, these feelings of being sad is it that's right? Is it stuff that actually affects you that you're, that you're being sad about, or is it something you watched on the news? Or like, are you are you sucking in like the, the like the I'll take for instance the devastating wildfires in Australia. Sure. You know, some people are really getting upset about the loss of life with the animals and stuff like that. And yes, that's okay. But some people they carry that that a lot heavier. And same with anger when it comes to like the political stuff going on. Sure. And, uh, and but okay, so different, let's say different if arenas. The political stuff this is, extra if the political stuff. stuff is making you angry, then stop. You know, watching it. Don't engage. Well, it's like right? some people, it's, it's like a turn off the crap for for the for the political race. Yeah, it ain't gonna matter. It's not like your vote necessarily. I'm, I'm careful when I say this, but it's not like <laughs> your vote is specifically going to change the entire race altogether. I mean, yes, you should vote, but I'm just saying if you're gonna get angry about people writing stuff on Facebook, stay off Facebook for three months, and guess what? Oh, You'll yeah. have a happier life. <laughs> you know. Um, it, the political climate or the emotional climate or the news. Hell, I don't even watch the news. I hate that show. It's always reruns. You know, I mean, 
All I hear is about the bad stuff. Right. And so I don't watch it. It brings my mood down. You know, because, like, for me, like, a lot of times I find when I, for a while, that I was doing a lot of help with the veteran community and the suicide. Yeah. Suicide stuff. And it became very heavy baggage, if you will. Like, not that their, that their problems were baggage, but it, I was taking it as it was my own, too. Yep. So when I'm talking to those people, it's hard not to... And you as a therapist probably understand this better than I can even articulate, but it's hard when you hear people's problems and you feel like you feel for them and stuff and creating that separation that it's not necessarily your problems that it's that you can feel the empathy and you can but it's hard sometimes to separate that. Yeah, I mean it's always hard to separate the empathy and, 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 and the compassion and everything. You know, the that's why compartmentalization plays a big part in that. But I mean you know, you can be, and that's why you got to be careful. I mean, you can get involved in many political matters and, and veterinarians and, and, I mean, veterinarians, vets and suicides. <laughs> that we are animals. Too. <laughs> vets are too. animals. Yes, vets are animals too. All those things, uh, you get involved in all those things and they can overcompass you or overtake you as well mm-hmm. because you can I can sit there and think about how many people commit suicide a day and it's pretty depressing or I can think about all right I don't like that so what am I going to do to change that hence why the I don't the suicide prevention walk came about was because I didn't like it didn't like the climate of where Idaho was going and I said okay I can either do something about it or I can just be sad about it so, you know, allow that anger or that sadness to motivate you to action. And instead of being break, sad about it... Break that negative habit. Break that negative habit by motivating you to do something different. Right. You know? Um, and then finally, same thing. with, with if, if you're tired, sleep. I know that's coming from me and everyone who knows me. That's funny. But because I barely ever sleep at all. But that's just because I'm constantly thinking of new things I want to do and plans and actions and everything else but if you're tired sleep don't get on tv don't watch facebook don't get on your phone don't do those things sleep you know if you do those things then it starts to change things you know i want to go back real quick to what craig was saying that he was saying that driving into work seeking promotions always trying to be the best the winner look work is set up in a way that is made for men and women i suppose but specifically men men's minds and what that means is look there's a hierarchy system if i do this i get this i get the attaboys i get the praise this is why it's so easy to work hard at at work but not work hard at home because last time i checked my wife is not saying you know what chad i'm gonna promote you to chief dishwasher you are the best dishwasher out there you are now chief dishwasher (laughs) if she did do that i might do more dishes don't even think about it um (laughs) But we get that, that, exactly, shirts that say that, we get that promotion, we get that raise, we get that respect, we get that level that constantly makes us want to strive more, strive more, strive more, because it's that attaboys, the the praise, the affirmation, the equality, the equity of what we're putting in. And the danger of that is, this is where most men put in their identity, is most men put their identity into work. Meaning, if I'm not now a counselor, then what am I? If you take away Chad, the counselor, do I still know who I'm? I do. But most people, if you take away... Don't. 
They don't. If I'm not a cop and I've been a cop for 25 I years, to that. then that, who that am I? Me. If I'm not an army soldier, then who am I? If I'm not a teacher, then who am I? If I'm not a doctor, then who am I? And that's when I would say that work has become an unhealthy uh, habit that you've used for coping. Um, so yeah, I think that's the the big big point of that. You know, so once again, just recapping: use blast, B L A S T. Bored, lonely, bored, burned out, lonely, angry, alone, alone, ashamed, sad, sad stressed. selfish, stressed, and tired. And every time you do that, if that's the reason why you're going to drink or smoke or do any of those things, then that's that. That's exactly what you're seeking. Find something else that fills those needs. And if you do that, you probably won't be gauging in negative behavior. You want to leave them with any nuggets for the week, or Did I not just give any nuggets? No, no you haven't given us one. enough. That's you haven't given one, us Reed. enough tips and tricks. Ben right. wanted tips and tricks. Did tips you get enough? Tricks. No, that's a good one. That's... No, man. So here, here. Oh, I dig it. Okay, I challenge that's, you guys all that's to this. Huge. That's what we need. We needed a wow. weekly challenge. I challenge you all this week that if if you blast are, your life, if you are struggling with the negative behavior, blast your life. Let's hear about it. Let's hear how you, you know, applied this and saw exactly something different maybe you cut back on your smoking maybe you cut back on your drinking maybe you cut back on you know Staying other negative way. behaviors maybe you you cut back on saying no to that cupcake whatever it or is or even at least just realize why maybe you, or you just there. figured out to yeah. realize anything you want to give us we'll be happy to hear thanks so much yep. for tuning in thank you guys for coming in monday to raw and uh we'll see you tomorrow morning morning 8 a.m for uh openly concealed with terry piper Thanks, guys. Love you. Love you.